Edison, Ohio State's weekly press conference to preview the Iowa game. And, Joey, the storyline for this one is pretty simple. Iowa's defense, really good. Iowa's offense, really bad. Yeah, it's an unusual statistical profile, uh, Iowa, certainly, because on the one side of the ball, Ohio State's offense is going to go up against a defense that, as you said, built really good. They don't allow explosive plays, and they also don't allow you to score in the red zone when you do move, move to the other side of the football field. And then you have an offense, which has scored nine touchdowns all year, which is tied for the fewest in all of the football bowl subdivision. And two of those nine touchdowns were scored by their defense. So <laughs> yeah, oh, and it's, it's such an odd game. To me, the suspense this week is just whether it's going to, whether Ohio state's offense can do what it normally does and yeah. break off these big plays can be explosive or is Iowa going to be successful and mucking it up yeah. and, and making it ugly and Ohio State has to, to win ugly? Yeah, I mean, to put it in context, Marvin Harrison has as many touchdowns as the entire Iowa offense. I, I mean, they're averaging, I forget what it is, I think under three yards a carry running the ball. But then again, their defense, like, like we just talked about, it's really, really stingy. I mean, they just, they're so smart in terms of how they play their defense. It's 11 players playing as one. And Kevin Wilson said, look, they may not have a lot of first-rounders, but they're better, more talented than people give them credit for. So, you know, this is going to be this is going to be a game of patience, I think, in a lot of ways for Ohio State. Um, let's get to the news, you know, such as there was. The first question, not surprisingly, after the off week was about the injuries and would Jackson Smith and Jigba and other players like that, Mayan Williams, uh, be healthy. And Ryan Day just kind of laughed it off and said, well, you know, we're not even going to talk about that until maybe later in the week. So, sorry, we don't have any definitive answers for you about that. We do have the definitive answer. If Jackson Smith and Jigba is healthy, he will start. That's quite what, the news. What, but I guess that's notable because if he is going to return, they're not going to. It doesn't sound like a case where you would just ease him back in and, and maybe get a snap here and there. You want to be able to go full yeah. go with him. I, I do think the dynamic when he is healthy is going to be interesting because I mean he, this, he's basically played all of a half this season. When you, it really boils down to, he was hurt in the first quarter against Notre Dame. He played limited snaps against Toledo when he returned. So he's only really played such a small fraction of this season, which has allowed guys like Emeka Abuka, Marvin Harrison Jr. to really come on. Julian Fleming's also been back after missing the first two games. He's had a really strong stretch. So you've had three receivers there who are used to, to starting, and they're used to getting the ball. And when you have Jan Smith and Jake the bag, you're going to have four receivers Good. Now, this is a good problem to have. It's a very I think. good problem. I think this is what they would uh, say is first world problems for yes. an offense. But nonetheless, that is the, the dynamic when, when Jackson comes back that they will have to, to, to sort their way through yeah. to figure out the rotation and the reps and the snaps and all that. Well, they've been cross trained, so it's not like you know, Jackson's been the jig is only a slot receiver or so and so is only an outside receiver. They've been cross trained by Brian Hartline to be able to play any position. Uh, Ryan Day, I thought it was interesting, did say that. You're not going to try to force the ball to Jackson either to get him involved. They're just going to go with the flow of the offense. Look, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? I mean, Ohio State's offense is, has been spectacular. There's no other word for it. And we talked about the red zone. Ohio State's been in the red zone 29 times, 27 touchdowns, and two field goals. I think that's correct. Which is a lot better than they were last year. I mean, that was a big bugaboo for them late in the year. And, and they did start off stronger in that category, and they started to fade down the stretch last year, you started to see them in games against Penn State in late October, Nebraska in early November last year. That's when they started to have some of their red zone issues, and they settled for a lot of field goals. But that hasn't been the case this year. As always, if you were listening to this, make sure you subscribe to the show right there up uh, above. I, 
I do think the other big takeaway maybe coming out of the bye week, not only did they talk about getting rest for guys like Monty Williams, Travion Henderson, Jack Smith, a lot of those guys as cornerbacks. I mean, that was a position where they were they were picked on at times. They were vulnerable. They, they gave up big plays. And you wouldn't think it's a question against Iowa. I don't think Iowa has really the, the, the offense to, to, to take advantage of that. But that is something they need to turn the corner at going to start in the second half. Yeah, Iowa's league receivers are their tight ends. So that kind of tells you where they are. Um, so, you know, it's almost it's hard to envision a way that Iowa wins this game other than maybe you know, a couple turnovers that they convert into points. And Ohio State's offense just can't just can't do anything. I don't expect that to happen. But as Kevin Wilson said, look, this is where the tests really start. They have not, other than Notre Dame, they really weren't tested by any other defense. There's no defense that they face that's even close to being as good as Iowa's. And, you know, and obviously you have Michigan at the end of the year. You know, Penn State, we saw what happened to Penn State against Michigan. You know, my doubts whether Penn State can slow them down, but uh, this is a big test. Yeah, and I think to me the test is just whether the style of game. I mean, team defense have been effective, I think, against Ohio State this year in, in terms of trying to cut off the big play. Rutgers, I think, did a decent job with that in, in some fashion where they were not going to let T.J. Stroud rip it downfield. Notre Dame did the same where you, you really drop a ton of guys into coverage, and Ohio State's offense can get impatient. They want to take their shots, and those don't materialize, which is why C.J. Stroud threw for 153 yards against Rutgers. So I think that is is the matchup to watch this week. It's it's not a game where at least on paper it feels like the outcome should be in doubt. Ohio State's nearly a thirty point favorite. Iowa doesn't feel equipped offensively to take advantage, but but that's the matchup with it's the game within the game, I think, to to look for. Well yeah, I mean if you're gonna take a, a you know a bathroom break or do whatever, do it when Iowa's <laughs> offense is on the field. Right? I mean, but you, it better be a short bathroom <laughs> break then. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, but, but the, the Iowa defense against Ohio State's offense is, is genuinely a fascinating matchup. I mean, that that, that is really going to be a, a big test for Ohio State, a test of their patience, um, a test of their ability to convert the red zone and whether they can get big plays because Iowa's going to do everything in their power to stop it. It's, it's, it should be, I think – Interesting in terms of a, a data point for Ohio State's offense. It's also the first time Ohio State and Iowa have, have gotten together in a few years. They haven't played since 2017 when Ohio State lost. They were going to play in 2020 during the original uh, pre-COVID schedule. They were scheduled to play in October when the Big Ten delayed the season and cut down some of the schedule. That was that was cut from the, the game. So it's the first time we've seen these two teams Playing a little bit. First time I was also I was first trip to Columbus in 2013 as well. Wow. So there was an overtime here game here with Iowa. You know, back uh, I don't know a decade or so ago. Maybe I think that was the end of the Trestle era. Um, we all remember what happened in 2017. Iowa trying to get high, coming off a big win at Penn State, and Iowa just handed it to them. Iowa just 55-24 started badly, ended worse. It was just one of those head scratches. You go, what just happened? Snowball. It snowballed. And, and Ryan Day was a uh, first-year coach on that staff. He said the scars remain. So, you know, none of the players, current players were on that team, but, but at least the coaches, they remember. Yeah, a few coaches, Ryan Day, Kevin Wilson, Tony Alford, Larry Johnson. So a lot of those people, some of the people within the building remember that yeah. game. It's, it's, it's sort of an oddity to, to this world of realignment and the, and the pandemic that this game has now taken five years for them to try to to get to get revenge, or if you will, <laughs> right, right. Well, um, that probably about wraps it up here. I think that does, that does wrap it up. As always, thanks for for 
stopping by, listening to us, and you always subscribe.